Welcome to That's Church. My sister Emmy and I are on a mission to open our hearts and minds by attending different churches here in Utah. We're talking to the beautiful people that make their church a community. Um, I want to talk more about Islam because after going to the Islamic Center during a service and then also going to meet the Muslims, I just have been like talking about it to everyone. <laughs> I feel like there were so many things and we weren't, we weren't going to do a visit episode for that just because we already had four episodes, but I just can't stop thinking about it. And I also feel like we need a little break in here too, because it's been a lot of episodes without us talking together. Yeah. We so haven't talked I, enough. Yeah. Right. We miss it. <laughs> We Come can on. talk a lot, so we're feeling a little, a little held back. We do talk a lot, but we feel like yeah. others should hear it. And we talk a lot All during the, the interview too, so we are kind of just oh. the worst. But here I we know. are anyway. Here we are. But you, you know have what? a very special I, connection. I, I felt did. like like Islam yeah. for you was maybe your favorite so far. Maybe I'm wrong. I think but so. Maybe we don't want to claim what our favorite is so far. But I think it was I, a very special one for you. It was really special. I don't know. I don't know if it was actually like my favorite, but it was the most surprising and the most um, familiar, surprisingly. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, and I think I love, mom always says this. She always says like, I love when people surprise me, you know, and like, you think that they're one thing from cover of their book, you know, of their story. Mm-hmm. And then, and then you get to know them and they're not, there's something completely different. And so I think mm-hmm. that's maybe what it was because I think when we went to the service, it was, um, we were both a little like, huh, <laughs> I think we felt a little bit segregated, like because we had that division between the men and the women, I think that was a little bit hard to swallow for a minute. Like we both mm-hmm. were like, hmm, do we feel, how do we feel about this? You know, mm-hmm. then we did the prayers, which I think we both really loved. Um, I think we really like traditions. We talk about that all the time and, and prayer, especially I love learning about how people pray and we both do. And we've talked about that a lot, but, um, but I really loved theirs. I think because it was a lot of motion and it just felt, um, I don't know. I felt connected. Like I felt like connected to them, connected to God, connected to you. Like it just felt really special to me. Um, but people were not the most friendly. Like I, I thought that was interesting. And it may have been that I had been talking with the imam and he, I think he had something set up for someone to meet us and kind of walk us through it. And I think he intended actually for us to meet in the men's section and to kind of observe. Um, and then I was a little bit late. (laughs) So we got in there like right before it started. And we talked to someone outside that was very friendly. He was very nice. And he said, you probably will just go into the women's I'd imagine because the moms already started the service. So we just went in there and I'm actually really glad it it worked out that way because we were able to get the full picture and we prayed with them and, um, and we didn't know really if it was okay to, but we kind of looked at the other women and like, is this okay? (laughs) And hopefully it was, um, but we did. And I'm glad we did because it was cool. 
for me. Um, But it was a little odd. Then going to the Meet the Muslims, like all my questions were answered. And I was so glad I went to that because I think I knew so little about Islam that it was really nice to have questions from other people. Like there were, there were quite a few people there, but there were, I think she said like 150 people and they had us go around to different areas and um, it was like a tour. And so as I went to different areas, there were different people that asked tons of really, really great questions. And then they also had presentations to just give information. And I just loved it. Like I loved the history. I loved the information. I loved the spirit there. And then I completely changed. So it was kind of like, I I thought one thing and then they surprised me. And their origin story is so similar to ours and to the LDS church and to Joseph Smith. And I really thought it was so interesting. And it really kind of made me reflect on my own belief in our history, for one thing, and my own personal beliefs in general, and my spirituality. So, um, and I think it started because I had no idea. I didn't know who Muhammad was, really. I knew he was part of their religion. That's it. Like, I did not know that he went to a cave and that he saw an angel and that he um, wrote a book and that he was unlearned and um, didn't know how to read and write. And like, all of these things are like her story. They're like, it was shocking. Yeah. I was like, wait, what? I know. We're like, oh, Mm -hmm. so Joseph Smith then? Like, it's this. And so for me, so it took me a minute to like, wrap my mind around it, I think, and be like, well, wait, so, okay, so did we just steal this story? Did Joseph Smith learn about Muhammad and be like, okay, I'm going to take that. And it's a great idea. It's a good idea. I'm going to say that too. Yeah, I'm unlearned. Sure. Yeah, yeah. cool. <laughs> but I don't think so. <laughs> and I think I said that, like, did we steal some things from you? <laughs> like, as we were talking to the imam. And mm-hmm. I don't believe that. I, I do. Um, I actually have quite a strong testimony of the Book of Mormon. I don't know if I believe the historicity of the Book of Mormon completely. Like, I don't know that it's exactly ancient people that existed during this time and these particular things happened to them. I think it's a book of spiritual experiences and I believe it. And I have had really strong experiences um, with Moroni's promise and, and asking and receiving an answer. Very, very, it's kind of, I feel like um, Joseph Smith when Joseph Smith said, like, I know it and I know God knows it and I cannot deny it. That's how I feel about it. Like, I know I had that experience and I know God knows that I had that experience and I can't deny that that happened, you know? And so, sorry. Bye. Your hug. Um, <laughs> and mm. so <laughs> I, um, I, I teach gospel doctor or the Sunday school class for the adults and this year we're talking about the book of mormon and so i gave the lesson on the title pages of the book of mormon this last week and um and i shared my story and i also mentioned in that lesson the quran and muhammad and Aww, the fact awesome. that that god isn't only he doesn't only love us we do not monopolize peace. We do not monopolize truth. And same with like the restoration by Patrick Mason. We're a part of the vineyard and we're cultivating this section of the of the vineyard. And there are others that are cultivating other parts. And for me, so I think kind of like learning about all of that and the whole of it, for me, the conclusion that I came to was that sure, 
okay, so we believe in an apostasy after Christ died, but I cannot believe that that God was just gone from the earth for thousands of years, um, or he he can't have only gone to them. And um, like there are theologians within our church that talk about how there are pieces or there are books that will come forth that will be many, like that that eventually we will have to study or want to study or whatever. And um, because Christ came. He was in Israel, and then he came to America, and then he also had to have visited other people, you know, and there may be records that we just don't know about, you know. When I served in the Los Angeles Temple Visitor Center, we had the Dead Sea Scrolls there, and the Dead Sea Scrolls are are just a history or kind of proof that people did exist around the time that Jesus Christ lived. It's just proving that there is a history of people that could write at that time. I don't know exactly. I don't, I'm not a historian at all. <laughs> and I don't know a ton about the Dead Sea Scrolls, but, um, but like, that's one book The the Quran, like that had to have been prompted by God to say the least. That's too familiar a story for it not to have happened in my mind. And maybe it's just, maybe both ha- didn't happen. <laughs> I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but no, to but, me. Yeah, no, I mean, those are both sacred books. And mm-hmm. and whether we believe in the Quran or not, so many people do. Thousands, hundreds mm-hmm. of thousands, maybe millions of people do. Let's respect that. Just like we want to be respected. People think we're weirdos for believing in the Book of Mormon, especially our church that's so new. It's only like a 200-year-old church. We look kind of crazy. So, <laughs> And yet we kind of teach that everyone else is crazy. And it's very hypocritical. Like if we want to be respected as religion, we first have to respect these thousand year old religions that have been around way longer than ours we have to show Mm -hmm. respect at at the very least even if you don't believe in their sacred books those books are sacred to someone we have to remember that totally oh i love that yes and i think it just made me feel um less small maybe or less like like our little culture isn't it, you know, that God really is all powerful and he does love all his children. And it's not just about us. Like it's about mm-hmm. the whole world from forever, you know, mm-hmm. and um, he had to have cared about those people at that time and the people that believe in Muhammad today, you know. And mm-hmm. um, so my conclusion was that God loves us all basically and there are spiritual moments that happen to so many people and muhammad was one of them joseph smith was one of them even if there are things that i don't love about joseph smith the things that he did he was a man and i've had spiritual experiences that happened to me and i cannot deny that they've happened to me um you've had spiritual experiences that have happened to you god isn't a respecter of persons in my mind and it's all encompassing, but it's it's all, I believe it all. <laughs> you know, I believe that, that there are mistakes made by man, and um, but that God is kind of heading all of it. And like when we were in Nepal and we learned a lot about um, Hinduism and Buddhism, it was so eye-opening to us to realize that, oh, okay, like there are so many similarities, you know, in churches that aren't even Christian. There are so many Mm -hmm. similarities between us and them. And it's not just Christ is the Christ. And I do believe that. uh, But I also believe that Christ, that God works through people in different ways and similar ways. And that we all are connected. 
you know, and we Mm -hmm. have to respect each other. I feel like through this whole experience of uh, researching different religions, we haven't researched much, to be honest, but going to different religions. We're learning it in real time. (laughs) And we're (laughs) And mm-hmm. learning from the people uh, that that attend or that lead these religions, like it, my mind is just so much more open and my heart is so much more open, I think, than it's ever been. And I really thought my testimony would struggle more doing this and that maybe there would be a certain religion that I'd be like, I want to join this religion because now I see that, you know, this fits me better or this is more true or whatever. And that's the opposite of what's happened. I have gained so much insight and so much love and light. And the reason that we wanted to do this podcast is to help people to add light to their own light and knowledge to their own knowledge and peace to their own peace. And that happened for me, you know, or has, Mm -hmm. is happening for me. And Mm -hmm. I actually am stronger in my own faith because of it, which seems impossible, which seems if my faith is stronger in my own faith, then I would have to think that theirs are wrong but it's the contrary. I actually am seeing the things that are right about theirs and just adding them to my spirit. And because of that, my faith and my testimony is stronger. And I, and I see that there is a lot of comfort and um, familiarity in my own church and that may be part of it as well. You know, mm-hmm. um, the, mm-hmm. the Muslims feel very, very strongly about their religion and that that is truth and the truth. And I may, I probably would feel that as well if that's where I was born and what I was familiar with. Yes. Yes. Those traditions are so strong in us. And mm-hmm. man, I got teary a few times. Why am I such an easy cry? I didn't bring any tissues <laughs> today. I'm sorry. <laughs> I feel like this is like the the culmination though of, I feel like this episode especially is like the culmination of all of these religions that we visited. And it's just now like all of it is now sitting in us. You know what I mean? And also we haven't had a bonus episode in a while. So like it's built up in me. (laughs) And I think you too. That's why when we were talking about it, I'm like, yeah. When you're like, I think we need another bonus. And I'm like, yes, absolutely. And I didn't even really know what I would say here because we've had so many experiences that my brain, like, I guess I should have taken better notes, but as you're talking it, they're all like, it's almost like a montage in my brain, like flashing back. And I think that's, what's making me like misty is like thinking about all of these cool experiences that I wouldn't have had. Even, even thinking like, I will go and do this one day. It always is like a, I will someday. You really have to just do it and don't be afraid. Like it, it is scary going into a new church that you've never been in. It's scary. And I would recommend taking someone with you to just to feel more comfortable or finding someone of a different faith and going with them because they love to show it off to you as well. Like it's so fun for them to take you around their church. Um, as you were talking, I, I was thinking about the, um, the parable. It's a parable from Buddhism. It's, um, it's someone going to the master who, who wants to learn from, from the master and they sit down to have tea and he says, master, like I'm ready. And the master says, are you really ready? And he says, yes, I'm ready. He goes to pour his tea and he starts pouring it on top of the tea that was already in the cup and he's pouring it, pouring it. And it just starts to overflow. And the, (laughs) the pupil says to the master, oh, oh, it's overflowing. It's overflowing. And he says, just like this teacup, you need to empty it first before I can pour my wisdom and knowledge into it. You have to start with an empty cup. And 
I think that's something that I really thought mm-hmm. about with this whole experience is I'm going to go in clean slate. I only have Mormonism to go off of. That's all I've ever known. But I really wanted to go into this with a clean slate and just really accepting of what each religion is. And I think what you said is so important, Emmy, is that this is what they know too. This is all they've ever grown up with. So when you see someone with a hijab, don't like feel like, oh, that's weird. That's all they've known. And to them, it's a beautiful, rich tradition, just like our traditions and cultures. And so, and don't be afraid to ask them. I think when Mesa said, you know, don't worry about being politically correct, because we do live in a very politically correct world right now. And I feel like sometimes people get harassed too easily for making mistakes, Um, you know, cultural ones, whatever they may be. We need to show grace, of course, be respectful of each culture. But but I do think we're missing out sometimes um, because we're too worried that we're going to offend someone if we ask them about their religion or their culture. But don't be afraid to. I love that she said, you know, ask, ask the questions you have and what we're happy to answer. Mm-hmm. Yes, I love that too. I I also want to mention here that um, part of why we wanted to do this bonus was to talk about Islam. We will end season one and we have some really exciting things coming for season two. We're excited to do this bonus to kind of talk about the culmination of everything that we have experienced and um, kind of put it all in context. And, and we may do another at the end of community of Christ as well. But, um, but I'm just really excited Uh, next season, we're going to talk more with members themselves and their experiences, not as much about the churches. I feel like we have a really good foundation of churches in general here in Utah. And then we're going to talk to the members about their experience within the church. And a lot of members that were once LDS and are now of a different religion and kind of what led them there and got them to that point and the differences between the two and, um, and their feelings on, on that. So that will be really exciting. Yes. Um, and the, uh, the community of Christ was a great one to end on for, to kind of segue into season two, because all three of the members that we talked to are former LDS. So mm-hmm. look, look yeah. out for that one. Cause it was super interesting oh and we just absolutely loved um, getting to talk to these people more. They're so loving and Christ-like. And yeah, we're super pumped about that episode. It's episodes. <laughs> there, yeah, yeah. Th- there will be a few episodes it's with kind Community of, of Christ. More of a series. Yeah, it's so it's so good. I think our listeners will love it. Um, I also wanted to mention, so the, t- the six tenets of faith. During the interview with Islam, I, we talked about the six tenets of faith. And at the end of it, I said, I think I believe all of that. And looking back, I realized, no, I don't, I'm not sure that I do. Um, because two of the big things were that you have to believe there's only one God and you have to believe that Muhammad is a prophet and the only prophet going forward, I believe. And, um, but I think what I was responding to was the angel part that you also need to believe in angels and that I do believe in. And so, um, I just kind of wanted to clarify that because I, I didn't want to misrepresent myself (laughs) and, um, just say that that I do believe in angels and I'm not sure that I believe in in the other parts. I do believe in Jesus Christ and that he is my savior and a messiah. So um so I don't believe that um at this point. But also polygamy. So when I mentioned that our church has polygamy, I did not realize theirs does as well. Honestly, to be honest with you. Um 
that That's that is a part of their religion and it's no longer so um i asked imam and mesa i researched a little bit myself as well and then i asked them individually um what their take on polygamy is within islam today and they said that it actually is still a practice it would be a practice except for they also believe in obeying the law and the law says that polygamy cannot exist um and then i also got some information that if a man is married to other wives i believe it can only be up to four wives does that sound right um yeah cut them off somewhere you know maybe (laughs) that was that is so interesting don't quote me completely but that's what i that was my understanding yeah there's some crazy correlations that that i i just had no idea even the um which we'll get back into i think you wanted to say more about the polygamy side of things but i was talking to a friend of mine and i said yeah they do five prayers a day and she said well you know we're kind of told they don't tell us how many prayers to say a day in our religion or anything like that but we are kind of expected in some ways to say like a morning prayer and a night prayer and then like we pray before each meal which is three meals and she's like so we're kind of doing five prayers a day and I was like oh yeah and honestly I'm a big prayer we've talked about this but I'm a big Mm -hmm. prayer and in our family we do this thing where you know we see a car accident or something and we kiss our hand and then we tap the top of our roof which I know you do that Emmy and I don't know if you know that I still do do that I did. did you know that I still do that? No. Yeah, I stole that from you. And I don't know where you got it from, but it's like, you don't have time when you're driving to full drum to close your eyes. You shouldn't do that while you're driving. Yeah. <laughs> but to kiss your hand and slap the roof, why do we do it? I, I did not know that. And I totally do. And I feel like if I don't, something's gonna, bad's going to happen to that person. <laughs> You know, it's probably not good. That's so probably like a little, a little OCD, OCD at that point, but that's okay. <laughs> it's all in good spirit. I pray every time I go into like a social situation because I, I was always so shy as a kid and I feel like I'm a pretty confident adult, but if I feel like I need a little extra boost, then I do pray. As I'm going into the situation, I'm like, please help me to be confident and like know what to say and the right words will come out and that I won't have like a major blunder and like be all and regret and, you know, like Mm -hmm. do something embarrassing. Mm -hmm. There are lots of those. (laughs) That's, that Um, is, I think that's pretty, I mean, is that normal? Maybe we're just weird, but I do that too. And I also like will pray for my kids when they're walking into school, like bless them with confidence. Um, All oftentimes, I, I kind of have um, grandma and grandpa as their, I've assigned them as their guardian angels, whether mm. they like it or not. <laughs> but Aww. I know that they do because I've felt it. Like I have felt them protect them in the past. And um, yeah, I I won't get into that. But there is very real spiritual um, experiences that have happened around that. And I just always feel really comforted when I when I pray for them to watch over my kids. So I think on this, on the topic of angels, which is like you said, a Muslim thing to believe in angels. Um, I absolutely do. I think they're around us um, more often than we know. So, yeah, I agree. Totally. I was just going to say that I think it's interesting. The hijab is also very similar to like our garments, you know, um, they're just worn in a different way. Mm-hmm. And 
like there really are so many similarities between our church and theirs. And actually, after I taught my lesson this last week about the titles of the Book of Mormon, um, I did mention the I mentioned the Dead Sea Scrolls and I mentioned the uh, the Quran. And anyway, just all other scriptures. Somebody texted me about someone in the congregation texted me about a scripture that they have always wanted to learn more about. That it's an Asian scripture that's more of like a meditation type of thing. But she's always wanted to research that a little bit. And she said, you really have inspired me to go back and to read uh, because I've always wanted to. So maybe this will be the year that I read that. And I was like, that is Aww. so cool. I'm so, it makes me so happy that, um, mm-hmm. that it inspire anybody to do anything. <laughs> but, um, but especially that, because that is important mm-hmm. to us right now. And it's kind of what we live and eat and breathe right now. Um, so there's also another member that texted me and he reads a ton of books and he texted me a book that he read about Islam. And he said it was one of the his favorite books that he's ever read. And then my husband sent me um, information that the church has on Islam, like within the church's um, library, they have information about Islam and it was very respectful. And I thought it was so interesting that that is the faith that they've kind of chosen or one of the faiths that they've chosen to kind of recognize and respect. Um, And it may be that it's very similar. I think that that, that other religions are on the church's radar, maybe more so now than ever, because a friend of ours got an email, and I have had other friends. I don't think they trust to send me an email, but I've had other <laughs> friends get emails asking about church topics or um, some topics that that might seem a little like taboo, like women in the church and LGBTQ plus members. And and so our friend got a. Uh, email survey about this and it asks them like how do you feel about this and this and this and one of those things was other religions like how do you feel about other religions do you feel that the church um, talks about them enough respects them enough those kinds of things and I thought it was so interesting it makes me happy to see the church gaining some opinions from people who are not just leaders bishops uh, state presidents so yeah, I think it is on the church's radar, and I do think that that maybe it's something that they're working working on bettering those relationships with other religious communities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was so happy that she uh, she told us both about that, and I was so happy that they had mentioned other religions. I thought that was so cool, and there definitely are like President Hinckley visited the Pope at one point, and there are different leaders that are visiting other churches like president hinckley president hinckley did an interview it was the first interview done in a um i think it was like a national capacity or something like that look that up but um he was chatting with mike wallace and mike wallace said how do you view non-members president hinckley said with love and respect i have many non-member friends i respect them i have the greatest admiration for them and then Mike Wallace said, despite the fact that they have already, they haven't really seen the light yet. And President Hinckley said, yes, to anybody who is not of this church, I say, we recognize all of the virtues and the good that you have. Bring it with you and see if we might add to it. And we love that because we're trying to kind of do that in reverse. Like we're trying to add their light to our light. And um, what does he say? He says, bring the good. I say we recognize all the virtues and the good that you have. 
bring it with you and see if we might add to it. So we're trying to receive the good and the virtues that they have and add it to ours as well. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and vice versa, you know, yeah. I think it's just beautiful that the church is trying and hopefully, um, you know, hopefully there are additional strides made, but, um, but I love that, especially in reaching out to other faiths because we're all God's children. We're all important. We're all valid. And no matter what it is that you believe, um, I recently lo- uh, watched a few different documentaries about cults and it's kind of made me reflect on like, okay, are these religions, including our own, is it, are they all cults? <laughs> You know, and I think the difference is one difference between cults and a religion. I think in cults, what qualifies as a cult is that you cannot question the leaders. And I think in Islam, that's not the case. I think in Islam, they very much want people to kind of believe what they believe and then consult with people that are more educated but or they don't have like a spiritual hierarchy. I really loved that. I loved mm-hmm. the fact that that idea that they don't have, they have a hierarchy as far as I think they don't, they didn't say this particularly, but I think the hierarchy that does exist is just people that are more educated and, um, yeah, and they're they people that they they can, scholars who, scholars who talk about these things, but overall everyone's able to kind of question and bring their their discussions and disagreements to each other and and we we saw that we saw that mesa had a disagreement with another member and they were talking about it in a peaceful manner you know like i think that should be something that exists in all religion because mm-hmm. no one is 100 percent certain and you know there's no harm in in discussion in fact i think that that actually builds spiritual growth more than anything mm-hmm. yeah and i i think that a lot of people they are having those spiritual experiences. I don't think that it's not happening, you know? And I think mostly it's, it's not that someone is not right. I think we all are right for the most part. Of course, we're all men, right? We're all men and women. (laughs) Um, And I think it's right when it's coming from God. We all have truth to bring to the table and we need to be respectful of that. And kind of like we were saying before, talking about Muhammad versus um, Joseph Smith. I mean, if you believe that as humans, we are open to personal revelation, then you kind of have to believe that Muhammad had a personal revelation, <laughs> you know, like, I not that you have to believe in the whole religion. But in my mind, it makes sense that like, we're all going to feel different spiritual experiences and have different revelations. I've had revelations in my life. I don't expect everyone to believe them or to acknowledge them even. Um, but I'm grateful for those experiences. And I I will continue to believe other people's experiences because I'd like them to believe and, and at least not even believe, but respect mine. And so mm-hmm. I do think it just comes down to that, that respect. Um, talking about cults, I think the difference there, a big difference is abuse. And, and when you lose your own authority, and someone has taken authority over you, I think that's when it's not okay. So in my mind, I will respect any religion as long as there's no abuse happening. And as long as people are free to think for themselves, as long as there's no forced obedience. But I think that mm-hmm. of, like all of the religions that we've, we've um, visited have felt very 
loving. And I might not agree with all of the practices and I don't need to, but for the most part, they've been very loving and I haven't seen abuse. I haven't seen anything like that. And and so I do think that there is a massive difference between those those things. But also people are able to leave those religions. Yeah. And that's the biggest difference between mm-hmm. a religion and a cult. I'm not an expert, but I do watch a lot of cult documentaries as well and crime documentaries. <laughs> it's kind of funny that like Same. we both, both Emmy and I love crime documentaries and we love religion. It's like we have a lot of similar interests. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I and I think um yeah it's pride and greed I think a lot of times like that's where like we're not perfect men are not perfect and I Absolutely. think also like things can be taken to an extreme like I do believe in personal revelation I do believe in all of these things being good um for the most part as long as the greed and the pride and the um force or controlling or whatever parts of man that are imperfect don't get involved and I think also it can, anything can become extreme. Like even um, the, I, I love the Book of Mormon and I think there's a lot of good that comes from the Book of Mormon. I don't love the part about Laban and the part about Nephi um, cutting off Laban's head and killing him. Absolutely. And Nobody does. God commanded him to, because, and maybe that happened and maybe God did come to him and maybe he did tell him to do that. And maybe he was inspired, but I believe people can take that people that are maybe suffering with mental illness or people that are just take things to a religious, very religious extreme and mm-hmm. validate what they are doing, you know? And so I think that's when those, that personal revelation or any of that, any of those things that are coming from God can turn into something that is way too extreme. <laughs> Absolutely. And even like in the news, I mean, the lady and her daughter that took, the teenage boy and said he was going to be the prophet and basically kidnapped him. Like I did not hear about that, this, but I'm going to look oh, this up now. That was an extreme. And right. there have a been lot a lot of cases of extremism in... within our religion. But I was going to say too that it's interesting that people talk about the Quran and how violent it is, and I'm like, well, the Book of Mormon has violence as well. And I think it's mm-hmm. just important to remember that these stories, whether they're even literal or not, because I think a lot of scripture is not always literal. I think a lot of times it's parables, but whether it's literal or not, these things happened thousands of years ago. They didn't have court systems. They didn't have jails. They didn't, you know, not to excuse any of the violence, but it was a different time. Yeah. And so, like you said, the scary thing is when people relate those things to our time right now like (laughs) you can't do that and also just recognize that like you said they were human and they were doing the best they can with the spirituality that they had at that time but yeah nowadays especially in modern times like violence is never necessary it's never okay um using scripture to harm people i am just completely against it um i think a lot of those scriptures had lessons within them for that time, but yeah. we're living in a very, very different time. So I we use scriptures for good. I, mm-hmm. I will never use scriptures to be violent or to look for something to prove my point when scriptures are also open for interpretation. So even if I feel that's, that a scripture means this to me, it's not going to mean that to everyone. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. That's the beauty of it. And a lot of like, historically, a lot of the stories were like stories just that were told that were supposed to be like 
a like a parable or like a story that was supposed to teach somebody something that were just passed down and maybe changed through time, you know? And um yeah, so I think I think we can't always take it so literal. Um, but get from it the good that you can get from it. And I will mm-hmm. say I have started reading the Quran, but I haven't finished it. So the things I say about it, I don't have a ton of context just from what I know now and the little bit that I've read I've really enjoyed and there have been good things that I have pulled from it. Um, but I'm really excited this year to finish that. So realize that that that's the context that I have, but I have been impressed with the religion as a whole and the people within it. Um, I really loved the people within it and their ability to kind of um, love and reach outside of themselves and talk with us even and share, you know, a piece of them that is very sacred. And we're going with Mesa. You don't know this yet, but I put it on our calendar, Ash. We're going to Zumba on Saturday and then to a dessert class to learn how to make baklava at her house. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. We just love that we have made Mm -hmm. so many friends and Mm -hmm. that we've connected with people that we otherwise never would have. So it's been Mm -hmm. an amazing experience. We wanted to share exactly what Mesa and Imam Shuaib said about polygamy and not just my interpretation of it. So I texted each of them after our interview and asked them about it. Mesa responded right away and said, polygamy is not forbidden in in Islam. It is not encouraged either. 99.9% of the Muslim population is monogamous. It is practiced in the Gulf regions and parts of Africa. The verse was revealed during the time of war where men were where many men were killed and many wives with children were left behind and the Muslim men were encouraged to have multiple wives to take care of these women and children so that they would not go into prostitution or find other means to make ends meet. If polygamy is practiced in a country where it is allowed, each wife has rights. They do not have to share the same home and he has to treat them fairly and equally which is very hard to do, and that is why it is discouraged. And then Imam Shuaib responded a little while later and said, We believe in the permissibility of polygamy, as the Quran states very clearly, but we also believe in following the law of the land, hence it would not be allowed in the USA. We've absolutely loved talking and meeting with Mesa and the Imam. It was just a really cool experience, and we hope that... Um, you know, going into this new year that you can all maybe bring some, a different light into your life, whether that be through reading a different spiritual book or meeting someone or going to a different place of worship. We just hope that that maybe we can just reach beyond ourselves to learn something new this year. Love it. Welcome back. We're so happy to have you here. How admirable is it that you're expanding your light and learning about the light of others? Let's expand that light a little bit more, shall we? Let's listen in. That's church. Thanks for joining us on That's Church. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at That's Church Podcast for more updates, insights, and a glimpse into the diverse spiritual tapestry of Utah. Let's keep the conversation going, because we believe that gaining knowledge of other religions does not diminish our own faith, but can instead enrich our spirituality. 